It's a tale of two contract signings on earning the push this week as both SmackDown and Raw see the main protagonists for our SummerSlam main events put pen to paper. Drew McIntyre introduces Gunther to the announce table as the Intercontinental title picture hots up and over in AEW, the MJF Adam Cole bromance continues to provide compelling television. Impact Wrestling announces a tour of the UK as Britain continues to be one of the hottest places for wrestling in the world and we're here to talk about it all in the UK. Myself, Jack Murley, professional broadcast down under in Australia, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. How is life in the Southern Hemisphere? It is good. Thank you, Mr. Murley. It is good. It is warm. Is what it is. It's been up around. It's winter here and it was 24 degrees today. So um, it is warm. And everyone's like, oh, we might take our jumpers off. I'm like, guys, I'm in a vest and shorts and have been since about 15 degrees. You are every inch a man who, with respect, is not built for extreme heat. I think that would be fair to say. I am Northern English, I am bald, and if I had hair, it would be ginger. So I have the fair complexion of a gingerman. You should see how much sun cream I put on before I play out here. I like to think that was a rider, that they would pay you 80% of a salary and 20% in like ombre salaire or something like that. So the thing is, we were just saying before we started recording, even though wrestling is still bonkers, it's a quieter week this week. It feels like wrestling has just taken a breath on the road towards SummerSlam and All In. But we're going to be talking about all of it. Judgment Day dominating WWE television. How forgettable Ronda Rousey has become. AEW collision with a huge match for the tag team titles between FTR and Better Than You, Bebe. One year since Vince McMahon's resignation and so much more. So get involved wherever you listen. He's Charlie underscore Becky on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Merley on Twitter. And here we go and starting with SmackDown where we found out it will not only be the undisputed WWE Universal Championship on the line between Jey Uso and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, but the position of Tribal Chief as well. Tribal Combat, Charlie. This seems right up your alley. Yeah, very much so. And in the wrong feud, this would be very, very tacky and cheesy, I think. it would give In the wrong feud, it would give Punjabi prison vibes, essentially. But this is not the wrong feud for it. This is perfect and i think things i've read online things you've seen like it looks like tribal combat means that no one else from the family is allowed to get involved it is one-on-one anything goes i would imagine we will see both of them in and it'll be amazing if we do very much the war paint of samoa and their the anawahi family and that those sort of people it would not surprise me if i'm going to say hacker although it's not the hacker because that is the war dance of the Maori people in New Zealand, but I don't know the name of the Samoan people's war dance, which is where I believe the Anawai family heritage is from, uh, but it would not surprise me. Do you remember the Usos used to do it in their entrance? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise us if we see a very serious version of that. I think it could be, uh, well, it will be unique. It's going to eventually become essentially a no-holds-barred street fight is what it's going to be in wrestling terms, but I think the presentation of it is going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. I think could be very, very cool. I could see both of them wearing traditional Pacific Islander war gear, um, which essentially look like skirts to us in the um, in the Western world, but are masked their war gear. I think it could be very, very cool. What, what do you think of this? I think it's excellent. I think you're absolutely right. In the wrong hands, this has red Hell in a Cell, The Fiend versus Seth Rollins vibes, Punjabi prison vibes. I don't think we're in the wrong hands with this storyline. I think it, it 
there was a chance that had this storyline been played out differently, when you announce something like this, you get groans in the crowd. And I don't think anyone felt that way. I think it's very, very, very intriguing. Very intrigued to see what they do with it. And actually, what's even more interesting is throwing into the mix what means more, Jey Uso becoming the champion or Jey Uso becoming the tribal chief? Because we saw when Roman Reigns took off that ceremonial lay necklace and, and sort of laid it on the title. And you think... Well, as if this feud needed any more fire to it, there we go. Yeah, they, everything is on the line here, not just the title, but the the head of the table. By the way, what a beautiful, beautiful detail that Roman sits himself at the head of the table, not directly opposite Jey Uso. That was chef's kiss perfection, I thought, by the way. But yeah, that is very much on the line here. It is For the context of what this means, if this was real life, if this wasn't kayfabe, if this was really happening, what this would mean to the family, I don't think there are bigger terms, bigger consequences on a match for as long as I can remember. And then you throw the undisputed title in there as well. It's it is incredible. This this storyline just keeps building and building. I do think it's interesting. I think this might be the end of the bloodline story in total. You still have Solo Sakura because I think do we all think I think Roman's winning. Yeah, I, I don't know if you think that as well. Yeah. I think then I don't see where you can go after this. This is the culmination of it's like um Simba against Scar and the Lion King. Like it's like going for the head of the table for the, the top of the family. I don't know where you go after this unless Solo comes for it. So I think this is the culmination of everything we've been working towards for three years. I, I really think we could see a lot of the NOI family ringside. I, I think it's gonna be stunning. I think what is nice to know is if this was in the wrong hands again, it could come across as disrespectful, it could come across as not in good taste, but you imagine that the Anawaii family are all over this, are planning it, are explaining how this should be done. So you'd expect it to be, and I'm no, I'm no expert on Samoan and Pacific Island culture, but you'd expect this to be done in a very respectful, tasteful and correct way. I just love the little details. The head of the table thing is one. I liked where Roman said, have you asked the elders about this? Because I thought, oh, that's just, that's just a little bit of something extra. I continue every time I see Roman Reigns to think he is the generational talent that everyone has been telling us, and not just because they've kept the belt on him for three years. Just, I looked at him in this contract signing and some of the ways where he's, oh, Lando, shut up. Just, I saw The Rock. I just saw the charisma of The Rock there. Jey Uso, though, is carrying his water as a main event player. He is an all-time tag team great. He is single swim as a, as a main eventer, as a solo act. I think he's more than competent. I think he's more than doing enough. Yeah, absolutely. It takes two to tango, doesn't it? And Jey Uso has been outstanding in this. And I think Jimmy obviously has his issues with injury. It's why this whole thing started three years ago. But it looks like he's genuinely injured again now. Jey Uso, and it's always tough, isn't it, when you're such an established tag team and one gets injured. Sometimes it doesn't work. But Jey Uso, and it helps that there's been this storyline to bring him along, but has more than more than readily stepped up this main event scene and you could see of the two of them if one was ever going to have a singles run it, w- it would be Jay now but it would be very interesting after this when they when Jimmy does return how they how they handle that and where they put them because yes they're a brilliant tag team but Jay showing what a brilliant single star is like, I, I wouldn't doubt that Jimmy can be too I think to your point earlier is this done I think there is a little more juice left in this orange to squeeze out and I hadn't heard the suggestion that no one else was able to get involved that doesn't really matter in professional wrestling and I think the way you get more juice out of this is Solo Sikoa what is he gonna do 
Because if Solo Sokoa is ultimately the man who determines who the tribal chief is, if you have a situation where you've got Roman and Jay both down and, and Solo ultimately picks a winner by siding with Roman or with Jay, then isn't Solo the tribal chief? And isn't that something that Jay points out? And doesn't that drive Roman Reigns crazy to know he can't do it without Solo Sokoa? And I, I think... You've probably got three months of story there if you wanted to try and get yourself to the Rumble. Yeah, very true. The solo of it all is fascinating. And you keep seeing the little looks he gives Roman when Roman talks down to him. He's not a happy bunny under Roman Reigns. So it's whether he sides with Jay or whether he sides with Roman and bides his time to take Roman down from the inside. That, that, that is the one stroke left, I think, is solo Roman. But it's just, it, it's amazing. I, and we've said it a lot on the show, I don't have gone too, too much, but the fact we're three years in and this is still this tantalising and still this incredible. And so many times we thought it was done and so many times it's not. It wouldn't surprise me if if, if after after SummerSlam there's a whole new direction it goes in and it, we're sat here in two months going, well, we didn't see this coming, but it's brilliant. It is. It is just sensational. And what a, not even 12 months yet for Solo Sokoa, who debuted on the main roster at Clash of the Castle and has made himself absolutely vital to WWE going forward. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening to this pod. Speaking of making yourself invaluable on the main roster, take a bow Dominic Mysterio, who became, uh, if internet uh, stats are to be believed, and we've got no reason to disbelieve them, the first man to ever main event Raw, SmackDown and NXT in the same seven-day stretch. He was all over WWE programming, including defending his new NXT North American Championship against Butch on SmackDown and Sami Zayn on Raw. Did you see Shawn Michaels desperately want to call Butch Pete Dunne? Yeah, he almost just forgot, didn't he? He was like, you'll defend it against Butch. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's obviously, it's just Pete. I, I'm on board with the Gunther one completely. Like I said, I never understood why we need to change, but it's worked and it has completely worked. The Butch one to the day I die will never make sense to me. I just love the show because I, I think that was a pre-tape. I don't think that was live live. <laughs> I just I just think because I watched it and I watched it back a couple of times. I'm, I'm sure that the greatest of all time in my book has almost called him by his old gimmick name here. And you imagine they go, Sean, we'll just refilm that. Nah, nah, we're good. We're good. A little bit of continuity, though. I like to have him there to sanction the match. I thought that was great. Um. Dominic Mysterio is the MVP of WWE at the moment. I mean, I was just pausing before I said it. Prove me wrong. Where is the lie? He's somehow the workhorse as well. He's wrestling the most. It's ridiculous. He um. So you think that turn happened uh, at Clash of the Castle as well? So less than twelve months ago, Dom was teaming with Ray, and they were together. And what a turnaround it has been in the last twelve months. It's incredible. Dom Mysterio was. He was obviously he came out that match with Seth. He could show he could hang, and then it was it was cool that he was with Ray. They had the tag tats, father and son. But it was he was very much just Ray's son. That is what Dominic Mysterio was. He was an okay wrestler who was Ray's son. This heel turn and putting him with the Judgment Day and putting him with Rhea, and the way he is completely bought in and lives this gimmick is outstanding. In my genuinely, I think in my fandom, in my time, I've never seen heat like it for a man just trying to talk into a microphone ever. Vicky. I have not heard. Yeah, Vicky, you're about to say Vicky Guerrero. She's the last one. I think you're right. I think you're right. She's the only one. Like, I've not heard arenas just unanimously book because someone has the audacity to try and talk. I, I was trying to think 
when have I seen it before? Vicky Guerrero, as I just cut across you to say, I think I think is one. I remember when Roman beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. The raw, but that was just for one very specific moment with a specific crowd. And look, probably listeners to this are, are like us. You try and watch as much as you can, but sometimes you read the results online because you're just busy. You can't watch every segment. And you read, Dominic gets monster heat, and you go, oh, sure he does. And then you watch it. It is insane. He is the most hated man in all of professional wrestling. In, in all of it. Ro- Roman Reigns is meant to be y- y- your big heel. No one hates Roman like they hate Dominic. And you know it's good when wrestlers in AEW are in kayfabe to Buddy Matthews. Or is that his name, Buddy Murphy? I can't remember which surname he's going by in AEW. Are referencing in kayfabe the fact that his real-life girlfriend, Rhea Ripley, in the other company has a kayfabe relationship. Like, it's getting under the skin of Buddy in AEW on another show. That's how good this is. And Dom is at the start of his career. And and I've read online that the reason he is going to NXT is is sort of to get some reps in un, under Shawn Michaels because he had to do everything on the big stage, which I think is smart. Charlie, in my head, I can't stop seeing the same match, which is Dominic Mysterio against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Now, we've got some, some road to go down before we get there, but am I insane in thinking that is a marquee match? And if you want to turn Rhea face, because despite of her relationship with Dom, Rhea Ripley ain't no heel, despite what they're trying to make her. That's the way to do it. Am I off my trolley thinking that is money? You said this to me this week, and I was like, oh, first I was like, no, this is money. This is this is the match. Your, your issue. And if it was the Astrid era, it'd be booked. It'd be done. We'd be there. Your issue is WWE, for obvious reasons, don't like to have male-on-female violence anymore. And you couldn't have this match as just a pure squash where Dom got nothing in. For it to have credibility, you need to be a proper match. Because Rhea cred- credibly could beat Dom up. She's that big, she's that strong, she's that powerful. I don't think we see it because of these reasons. I think if we see anything, I think we see, I don't think we see a match. I think Rhea's face turn would be her, a beatdown of Dom. I think her just taking a chair, so just destroying Dom. I'm like properly destroying Dom. I mean, like, obliterates him to the point where he's written off TV for three months because of it. That sort of thing. I don't think we see a match, even though I completely agree it would be money. I think we get it. We Remember we saw Rhea Ripley against Akira Tozawa on Raw not long ago? Like, as a... And we saw that weird, which I still will never understand, that weird, um, here comes uh, Nia Jax into the Men's Royal Rumble and just eliminates a few. Now, that to me, that was a fun moment, but we said at the time, mm, that felt awkward. I don't think Dom against Rhea would, would feel awkward. Remember when Randy Orton just RKO'd during the Rumble? Loving life. <laughs> that was, he was having the best time of his life, just using his finishing move on a woman. Everyone was like, oh, okay, Randy. Um yeah, I mean, if if you are going to do a man versus woman match, it has to be for a reason of story. And the story is there with this, that you could easily do this story. I I am not begging to see it. I, I don't, I'm not desperate to see it. It would have to be done well and tastefully. I think I, there are other stories to go with, but I can see why it would be done. Yeah. I, and, and everyone has different opinions on intergender wrestling. We saw Impact go big on it um, in, in the Tessa Blanchard, uh, Sammy Callahan era. Some folks like it, some folks don't. I just, I, 
for me, I'm pretty neutral on it. But Dom versus Rhea, to me, isn't uh, let's do it because it's intergender. It's let's do it because it would be badass to see. But we will wait and see what they do. The Judgment Day, for that to happen, will have to break up. There's no breakup yet. They are all across Raw, and they are really leaning into Finn Balor's seven-year itch about the Universal Championship loss. Uh, will win at SummerSlam and surrender the day after all those years back. Finn delivered again on Raw, and he is really leaning into that truth. Yeah, this is a brilliant, brilliant feud. Now it's 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 building and bubbling perfectly. That um, that visual of Seth in the ring and opposite Finn and Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley surrounding him like the Shield used to was just brilliant. I thought that was an outstanding piece of like camera work and setup. Um, I just think, I said last week, and I've seen a lot of it online, I saw Bubba Ray Dudley saying it, I think Finn has to win. I think it serves his story. I think he deserves it. But I more than anything think that the right thing for the storyline is having the World Heavyweight Championship and the money in the bank in the same faction. That is fascinating. And the money in the bank briefcase has been a rough patch the last few years. It hasn't really had much story to it. I couldn't really tell you who the last few Money in the Bank holders were, actually, because I think they've been that forgettable. Mm. I think that has the potential to be an all-time Money in the Bank story. It's not one we've seen before. No, it's not. And and it was Austin Theory was the men's, which... which... Oh, God, yeah. And he cashed on the US title. Don't remind me of that. Which shows what a problem it is. I just think that's great. I think people know my issues with the title. The title is there. We, we have to accept it. I think this is a great way to build it. Here's something we haven't spoken about in ages, and it's not something, but a someone. What the hell has happened to Ronda Rousey? Not too long ago, she was main eventing WrestleMania. She was in there with Triple H and Kurt Angle and Stephanie McMahon. She was by far and away the biggest thing on the WWE women's roster with respect to Becky Lynch. She was like the female Brock. Now she's forgettable. Charlie, what's happened? I honestly haven't got an explanation. She's just been handled, presented so poorly. And I think, I don't think she's very good on the mic. I think that has started to show. The Like, even the Brock Lesnar of this world, could, and they should have put her with a Heyman. That's what they should have done. Make her feel like a huge deal by having someone presented like they presented Brock. But she hasn't had that and. Three years ago, if you told me we were getting Shayna versus Ronda, I would have said, here's my money. That is a feud I want to see. Two badass women who can lean into the real MMA of it will have an unbelievable match. There's so much history there in real life. The story's there. And I don't even bother watching the YouTube highlights of it. I just don't because there are so many minutes in a day and I haven't got three and a half to give up to that. And that's how poor I think it is. It's really poor. It's really poor. And, and do you remember... Not the last Rumble, the one before where it was the Shane McMahon and Bad Bunny and it was just a terrible set of Rumbles and Ronda came back and, and we and we try not to be too judgmental on this podcast, but but it was very much a, is she wearing tracksuit bottoms? Like she didn't look like the superstar she was when she'd been away previously and she's never recaptured that hype. She, she just, ha- it has gone, that spark has gone. Now, I think she's talented enough to get it back. But I don't know how you heat Ronda Rousey back up, which is a mad situation to be in. I don't know how. I don't know if it's a priority because your women's division is going really well without her being hot. That's the thing. It's not like you need her for that women's division to thrive. And 
God, the money they must be paying her because she's Ronda Rousey. It's a tough conversation. Like, do you need her there? Like, it's really tough. I, I don't know. She's she's a global superstar. And when presented correctly, is a huge draw. But she needs a total repackage. And what's unusual is she is an athlete. You, you look at your Logan Pauls come in and your um, Bad Bunnies come in. And they are they are delivering far more than she is. And you would think that she as an athlete would be able to do more. It's just the fact we haven't spoken about her in months sort of shows that has she found her level? Do you, okay, cards on the table. You're in charge of talent relations. Do you let Ronda Rousey go at this point? No, because I don't think you'd be the people who let Ronda Rousey go because there's so much money if you present a right, but you have a real hard sit down with her and your talent and your writers and be like, what the hell do we do here? Because this is not going right. Four years ago, she was the biggest thing in wrestling. Yes, COVID happened, yes, this, but we need to work this out because this is not right. Yeah, and and look, it may not be Ronda. It may be the creative. Who knows what's going on? But something isn't clicking with her. We're going to talk about something that happened a year ago this week that, that it will blow your mind that this was only a year ago, a bit later in the podcast. Impact coming to the UK as well. But let's talk AEW. Remember, he's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening. We got a big time tag team title match on AEW Collision Saturday night. That's tomorrow as we record as Better Than You Bebe. Adam Cole and MJF challenge FTR for the tag team titles. Good build from AEW for this. Good, good build. Yeah, yeah this this is getting big fight feel, isn't it? And they are intertwining all the stories and who's going to turn on who and where's and And they've done a good job very quickly of making it feel like these teams don't like each other as well. Very quickly. So I am excited for this. I'll be tuning in for this one. It is. They've made it feel big by doing all the things we've been banging on about for ages. Let's do some video packaging. Get it right. Not that we know the right thing to do. I've got to be honest. Who has been saying for, for probably years at this point, do some video packages, do some interviews, slow down. And who would have thought the moment you start doing that, just like that simple um, FDR conversation that they had this week where they were saying, look, they threaten my kids. You're talking about my kids. I'm going to rip your throat out. And look, we're the, the FDR are the grown-ups in the room. MJF and uh, Adam Cole are the wild cards in it. It's a title match. It it will it just feels big time. You can get you can tell I'm excited. It just builds up as you talk about it. There's also four of the best professional wrestlers in the world in the ring. Let's not forget that. These guys have got a story, but even if they didn't have a story, you could chuck these four guys in the ring and they'd be excellent. Um FTR are probably the best pure tag team wrestlers in the world, I'd say. I think that's a pretty fair statement. MJF because he's so good in the mic, doesn't get the credit he deserves to how good he is in the ring, I don't think, by the way. And everyone knows my thoughts on Adam Cole. And it, Cole and MJF have got this chemistry as a tag team out of nowhere. That works. So I think this could be a brilliant, brilliant match. And I I think better than you, Bebe, should win because I don't think this should be a one and done. I think this should main event all in. I really, really do. What we saw on Dynamite this week was MJF saying, with apparent sincerity... If we win the tag team titles, I might think about giving you a shot at my world title, Adam. And there's some speculation online that maybe MJF is going down the route that you've said of, of a potential double turn here because it didn't feel like that, that was MJF being Machiavellian or, or, or trying to con Adam Cole. Interesting, they keep laying this groundwork. So someone's going to turn on someone at some point. Yeah, it is, and... If MJF turns on Cole, we'll be sat there being like, oh, we were idiots for everything he could be ending, but a dastardly heel. 
And if I, I, I think I said this for the double turns the way I go because I think you lean in so hard the fact that in real life Adam Cole is one of MGF's heroes, genuinely is. And I think it's very cool, by the way, for the real man, Maxwell Freeman, that he's getting to work with Adam Cole. He must pinch himself at times that this is happening. I think you lean into that and you just can't believe that Cole betrays him. Yeah. I think that's where we go here. And I think you lean the fact that he's got a friend. I think bring Roddy Strong along, make out they're all best mates. And then have him turn on him. I, that, that's the way I go. Is I'd have Cole turn MJF. I think it's, it's just, it's the first time I can remember in a long time that I've got this excited about talking about multiple layers of a story in AW. And now it helps that my fa- probably my favorite current wrestler Adam Cole is involved in it. That definitely helps. But I just think I haven't got been this excited about a story in AW for a long time. I think what we've got here is we've got Tony Khan has got a shopping bag full of ingredients and he can do the MJF turn on Adam Cole and you'll get a perfectly good serviceable meal out of it. Or he can take a chance and turn Cole on MJF and suddenly you get a more intriguing meal, something different for the palate we've not seen in AEW. So I would go that way. Speaking of heel turns, Jungle Boy Jack Perry is no longer coming out to the best entrance music in all of wrestling. He's taken the FTW title off hook. He has gone heel... Does Jungle Boy work as a heel to you? It kind of passed me by this. I won't lie. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's that's happened, has it? I just, it's not on my radar of things I think of. There's so, that's the problem now. There's so much brilliant stuff in wrestling at the moment that if you're not brilliant, you're forgettable, which is really unfair because it's hard to be brilliant all the time. Um, Don't we know it? Jungle Boy... Yes, yes, we are forgettable. <laughs> By the way, I know how forgettable we are. Don't you worry, everyone. Um, does Jungle Boy work as a heel for me? No, not really. I don't think. He's the scrappy underdog, isn't he? It's it's a weird one, because I was going to ask you, and just hold yourself here, does size matter? And I was going to say, is is Jungle Boy just, just his physique, how big he is? Is he not credible as, as trying to be? Come on now as trying to be a badass heel. But then Dominic Mysterio is smaller and, and less big than him, and he is he's a different sort of heel. So maybe it's the fact that Jungle Boy is is trying to be a badass heel. I know you're dying to get in on this, so go on, have your, have your fill. I just think, because of the way Jungle Boy is presented the whole time of, he's a measly stature, so that's why he's being an underdog. Like, imagine they ever tried to make Rey Mysterio a heel. Now, I know Rey Mysterio is one of the most beloved men ever, like ever, no one has a bad word to say about Ray. But because for so long the story was told on the fact that he was the underdog on his size, I think it's hard for anyone you've told that story with for that long then be like, but they can be this dominant heel. Like, how can they now? I I do think it matters. And less so the size, more so whether you've lent into that being part of the storytelling that we have for so long with Jungle Boy. Also, he's called Jungle Boy. He's called Boy. Like, that's... They're, they're, they're trying to make him name. they're trying to make him Jack Perry now aren't they which I get and you have to but yeah you know if if you were to come up against a you know new player in the world of rugby and they're oh you know he's a real you got to be careful his is is the rest of the squad they call him Jungle Boy you'd go I'll take him no no problem I, I've got a Jungle Boy don't you worry I'll, I'll mark him today yeah I'll take man, I would take on Jungle Boy I mean, I'd fancy my chances on this um so look away from from AEW we don't normally do a little bit of history on this program but but you flag this up to me this is insanity it has been one year to the week uh just gone by that Vince McMahon tweeted out 
words to the effect of, it's been a hell of a career, I'm resigning. <laughs> what a year since then. What a year. I'll never get over what a wild retirement statement it was, just out of nowhere. I'm done now. Uh, and how he played top tier, grade A, evil bad guy chess here, didn't he? Because he retired, it looked like he'd done the right thing, he then sold his company, made millions, and got reinstated as the boss. It, like, oh, if you didn't hate him, you'd have to clap, wouldn't you? If you'd said to the, because to, we spoke at the time about this, if Succession had written it, you would not believe it. Because he, it wasn't just like he said, I retired, but I'm still going to be there. Although, without getting into the business technicalities, he still retained the controlling shit. He was off the board. And he had paid money to people he shouldn't have paid money to without without getting into it that there, there had been allegations of sexual misconduct without getting into it and for anyone else that would be a stake through your business heart vince mcmahon went away went yeah i'll, I'll tell you what lad i'll see you in january shall i and back he came the man cooked the books to pay off people uh, allegedly sorry let me start again the man allegedly Cook the books to pay off people to stay quiet about the sexual misconduct he had performed towards them, retired, made sure everyone forgot about it, sold the company, made billions, and got the new owners to reinstate him as the boss. It's just beggar's belief. It is the only way that Vince McMahon could write the final part of his story. We in no way endorse his actions as a personality, but as a business person to take control back of the thing you've built, you have to say... That's in, that, that is just incredible. And it was only a year ago that he we was like, well, what's WWE look like without Vince McMahon? And then turns out he was never really gone. And he sold it to the UFC. Just just extraordinary that that was a year ago. And one more extraordinary thing before we get on to everyone's favourite part of the podcast, a word for Impact Wrestling. We don't talk about Impact that much on this programme just because we, we don't have time to watch it as much. Same with Ring of Honor. No disrespect to the product they're putting out, which is good. But they're coming to the UK in October. Three cities, I think it's Glasgow, Newcastle and Coventry. Another major promotion realising there is money to be made in these UK waters. Yeah, I, I think as well if they choose, I haven't seen where they're playing, but you imagine they're playing arenas of around five to 10,000. There, there, there's there's definitely the appetite for that. I think Impact is a good show. Like I say, unfortunately, I don't have time to watch. There's only so much wrestling I can watch, and I'm, I'm a WWE fan first, and then I pick up AEW. Uh, but Impact is good. There'll be great wrestling shows. And if I was, if they were the one in commentary, I might have a look. That's like this about an hour from me. If I'm free that evening, I'll probably go along because it will be a good show. There'll be good wrestling, and it'll be enjoyable. So, I, I think it's brilliant to see what's great is there's so many places where wrestlers can go and earn a living and it's brilliant to see the more of them come to the UK so for so long we were starred of anything that wasn't the UK independent scene in, in the UK and the UK independent scene is brilliant and if you haven't been to UK independent shows go and watch them they are the finest in the world I truly believe that but it is good to see these bigger companies the international companies seeing the the worth in coming to the UK that would be the three biggest companies in wrestling will have all been in the uk by october this year and that's excellent and it means more eyes on local talent because they will put a uk talent on there i mean we're, i'm seeing speculation that we might get will osprey against chris jericho at all in which would be a different route to go down but i, I can't say i wouldn't enjoy it so yeah that's it excellent so good luck to impact wrestling coming over in october on all in sorry mental that we're less than a month away and haven't got a single match announced yet absolutely bonkers and we 
we don't know unless this has passed us by if it's on pay-per-view because as we've said it's the okie cokie summer for for AEW because it's all out the weekend after as far you cannot run that show and not put it on ca- I mean you, you just but what are they doing it, it'll, it'll be on fight tv shortly like everything is for AEW well won't it my thought was if you're smart and you're AEW you you beg borrow and steal from TBS or TNT some telly time and you just say, look, we want to we want to put this on TV. Um, it's got to be somewhere. You can't do... Where? Oh, my... So, sorry. BT Sport is now TNT Sport, isn't it, in the UK? TNT yes. have bought BT. But BT obviously have a deal with WWE for their box office. I wonder if now, because they're TNT, if there will be... I wonder if with their deal with WWE, if they're allowed to put all in on TNT Sport's box office in England. It is a very complicated right situation. I've, I've taken a bit of looking into it, but it, it, it's very complicated as, as to what they do because, as you say, they they are now TNT Sports. BT Sports doesn't exist. I, I don't think I know that's a major sticking point for why it's not being broadcast somewhere. But I'm just amazed that it is. It is. I think it's going to be as big grossing as WrestleMania 32. If not, as it's pretty as close as damn it, and we don't know where people will be able to watch it if they're not going. Like like yourself, you can't go. Yeah, where where am I watching it, Tony? How am I? I would like to pay my twenty odd pounds to watch this. I'll pay that, Tony. I'll give you it. Just tell me where, how, and who am I watching? What's going on, Tony? Yeah, it 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 does just seem mad that this is the biggest show they've ever done, and people aren't aware. I'm sure it will come. Right, let's do everyone's favourite part of the pod. Something from everyday life gets sent back to developmental. Something earns the push first or second for you, Charlie. Something you're hating, something you're loving. They can't be wrestling related unless we bend the rules. I will go first this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick one for me. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but earn the push is Sydney Winter. It is, and I know you're listening in England, I know it's raining, and I'm sorry, but it's just glorious here. It is absolutely glorious. Gimmick name for you, gimmick name for you, Sydney Winter. Oh my God, it's Sydney Winter with the chair. Or probably, that's more of a a female athlete's name, perhaps, but Sydney Winter is a good gimmick name. It's not a bad one at all. It's not a bad one, but no, it's... um... It's stunning here. I spent my Sunday on the beach in Manly swimming, and it's the it's it's the equivalent of December in England, is what they're telling me here. And it's twenty odd degrees and very nice. So I won't go on too much because Jack's just looking at me with killer eyes. But that that is that is where I'm at here. I was just thinking of enjoying a Manly beach. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> ah, very good, sir. Very good. So that's that's earning the push. Back to developmental. Uh, working with kids. Ah, okay. there it is. Um. I've been working at school while I've been here and I'm going to keep it brief because Jazz Lucky Big Guy doesn't do good. Some of them are brilliant and lovely and excellent children. Some of them are not and I'm going to leave it at that. I think that's very wise. Children will be as children are but um, you've only got a few weeks left. Just just keep that in mind. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, earning the push for me, seaweed extract. If you like me, seaweed, seaweed extract. <laughs> Honestly, are you becoming a caricature of yourself? The extract sure. of seaweed if you like me have a wonderful vegetable patch in your garden and you're wanting to get those veg ooh, just just the best level they can be they are like performance enhancing drugs for courgettes you whack seaweed extract on there they balloon up they get huge and it's just plants love them don't put too much in because you'll kill them but a good bit of seaweed extract i i think you could maybe do some seaweed extract if you i think you could probably get away with that 
Well, see, what you suggest, because I was about to say, what we don't endorse is any men out there getting funny ideas of where they could put seaweed extract to make things balloon and get large. Um, but don't go doing that. We're not endorsing that. But what are you saying I could do with some seaweed extract? I'm just saying you're, you're, you're a man who looks after his diet and nutrition, and I'm sure that there is there is um, legal seaweed extract out there. That if you're saying you... I'm small, Jack. No, any anyone who's met you, I will never forget when you accidentally knocked over that guy's pint at Clash at the Castle. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he he looked up as if to say, "What have you done?" And saw you standing there. And suddenly he, he became very small indeed. Although to be fair, you did go and get him another drink straight away, so you were a good man. And, and also, I'll say again, I thought I'll have one beer and crash the castle. It was lovely. It was the worst beer of my life because it was flat and it was warm. It was a terrible, terrible beer. And all and I paid eight pounds for it. I think more fool you. But a seaweed extract would do the job. Um. <laughs> For me, back to developmental. I'm not getting too big into it. Rebranding Twitter. I don't... Oh, God. I've been saying this whole time, follow us on Twitter, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Merley. I'm I'm not going to say follow us on X. You can X us your thoughts. You can... You know, just know a good thing and leave it be. That's my view. It's like no one calls them premium live events. They're pay-per-views and you get on with it, all right? Yeah, Elon. What is it with these billionaires and their rebranding? Probably why they got billions and we haven't. So that is for me. Um, remember, you can send yours in if you'd like to. He's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Merley. Before we go, uh, Saturday night's all right for fighting. Collision as a tag team title main event. Simple one, Charlie. Who's coming out with the goal? The FTR retained? The better than you, baby, uh, pick up the tag team titles? So I really don't know. Done to my head, I don't know which way I'd go. So I'm going to go with my heart of what I want. So I'm going to go with Better Than You, Bay Bay. What do you think, Mr. Merley? I think that Better Than You, Bay Bay win. I think FDR have the outs of two huge tag team matches to say they're exhausted from. I think that it sets you up for better things down the line. I mean, one thing I will say very quickly, we were wrapping up. Where the hell were the Young Bucks or anything from Blood and Guts on AEW Dynamite this week? Where were they? What, what's gone on there? I'll join you in a where are they. Where's AJ Styles? Where's he? And why is Shinsuke Nakamura just backstage nodding at people? And why isn't LA Knight fighting for the US title? All these questions and more we may get round to on next week's podcast, but for today, we really do have to go. Thank you for listening wherever you are. Your support means an awful lot. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, listen back to the archives. More than 100 episodes there for you to check out. He's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Merley. We are out of time for this week's Earning the Push. Until next time, enjoy your wrestling week. And bye-bye.